0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Min Dong.
1: I'm Matt Giglio. 34 days until the 2020 NCAA season begins.
0: Yeah, almost a
1: month away. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, only a couple more days until the one month mark. Uh, Obviously, today is a very, very, very special episode as we kick off with our high major uh, conference rankings. And today is obviously the West Coast Conference. Although we're not big fans of the West Coast Conference, or just one team in particular, uh, we still will enjoy this one as the kickoff for the high major conferences uh, begins today. So uh, we're very excited to get this one out to you one day early. We're planning on doing this on Friday. But uh, we're just too excited and too eager to get this out to you. So here we are today getting this one out to you.
0: Yeah, and uh, a ton of breaking news as well. Um, Let's keep things up with probably one of the bigger pieces. Penn State coach Pat Chambers is stepping down from coaching this season. He was involved in internal investigation with the team, and it was headlined earlier this year. Um, subject, former Penn State, now Iowa State guard Razier Bolton accused Chambers of referencing a noose around his neck. I'm unsure if this remark is true, but Chambers has stepped down amid the investigation, would have entered his ninth season at Penn State, most impressive season he's had. With this past one in 2019, where they had 26 wins on the season and most likely a very high seed in the March Madness tournament. Um, Penn State now replaced the Chambers with an interim coach for this season, assistant coach Jim Ferry. Sorry. Uh, what are your thoughts on this news?
1: Yeah, I mean, this news was very surprising and it was all very sudden. I mean, we got reports that Penn State was starting this investigation back up because they kind of just left it there uh earlier this year and then they just started to pick it up a couple days ago and uh obviously Chambers uh, this is a very suspicious stepping down I might have to do to the obviously the investigation but it might not I assume it is but uh yeah I mean this is a very interesting decision obviously this is very disappointing news for Penn State basketball uh don't get me wrong Jim Ferry is a very good intern coach for this Penn State team but uh this team, all in all, they do lose out on a lot anyways. Obviously, Lamar Stevens is gone on the, off of this Penn State team. So, uh, yeah, this is a very big loss for them, especially now with their coach gone. And uh, we'll definitely talk about them soon in the Big Ten preview. But uh, Penn State this year, they're not going to be too high in everyone's Big Ten ranks. Yeah, he, he really rebuilt that program. Um,
0: they definitely overachieved this past year. They got as high as 10 in the AP poll, which is crazy because I didn't expect them to be that high or even in the top 10.
1: Yeah, and this team was not even near first place for the Big Ten Conference, and that just shows how competitive that conference was. And Penn State being a top 10 team for, I think it was the first time in their history. was that right? Correct. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, that's just very impressive uh, for that Penn State run. But uh, this year it might be a very different one. I don't think they'll have that same t- Obviously, like I said, with the Mars Stevens and a lot of other guys gone. But uh, you never know. You could surprise a lot of teams with Jim Ferry and a a couple of new guys coming into this program. So uh, expect the unexpected, obviously, in this Big Ten Conference. But I'm excited to see if Penn State can repeat what they could have did last year. All right, uh, now the rest of the breaking news is waivers. Uh, We do have one denied to talk about, and the rest will be accepted waivers. And the first one we have is Ohio State's Jimmy Soto. His waiver has been denied. To play for the 2020 season, this decision will be appealed. Uh, Soto is a transfer from Bucknell. Averaged 15.5 points a game, three and a half rebounds, four assists, and one and a half steals per game this past season. Uh, what are your thoughts on this decision? Yeah, it is tough. Um, Soto has stated he wants to redshirt
0: and sit out a year. For Ohio State, they're lacking in, in guard depth. They want him to play immediately. And just the NCAA, I don't know what what, what went into this this decision of declining it just because everyone else has been accepted and so I'm just I'm just very confused still
1: yeah I mean I'm very confused as well uh I don't have a current um intel on what the actual numbers are for accepted versus denied but this is probably one of 10 that have gotten denied this this offseason and the rest of them have gotten accepted and I think there's been probably about 150 maybe more waivers for this upcoming season so uh yeah I mean it just shows one out of the 10 is with Soto here but uh I don't know what happened with this decision, but like he said, he wanted a red shirt, so I think he should be able to choose that. But obviously, the team doesn't think so. So it's definitely a very interesting decision there. But hopefully, uh, things will all work out with him in Ohio State, and he will be able to play either this season or the next season following. Mm-hmm.
0: Next waiver, Austin Pay Center. Kirby Merritt has received the waiver to pay for the 2020 season. He's a transfer from Oklahoma. Played in eight games last year where he averaged less than a point and half a rebound. Three or four years of eligibility left, depending if he gets that redshirt year. Um, we both have Austin Pay at our number one spot in our in our Ohio Valley Conference previews. Do you think this this waiver increases the gap from one to two?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, gap, the gap's definitely very close still. Uh, I think this does move it a little bit, but not, not a drastic change in the gap. Uh, I definitely think this is a very good waiver here. Uh, for Merritt and Austin Pay. But I honestly don't think the gap uh, is going to get that much bigger. Obviously, it's going to get like a little bit bigger, obviously, with the waiver accepted here. But uh, all in all, I think the gap between one and two is definitely still a very close one. But Austin Pay, still definitely the front runner, and this will have at a conference. Yeah, definitely. You kind of covered it all. I still have Austin Pay as number one, regardless. All right, uh, next waiver we have, St. Joe's Damir Bishop has received the waiver to play this 2020 season. Transfer from Xavier, uh, averaged two points a game, two and a half rebounds, one assist per game this past season, just play in 10 games. And then he did leave Xavier midway through the season, uh, I think it was around January. Uh, so he will have three or four years remaining, depending on, like, the, like we said earlier, the red shirt. Uh, but Regardless, is this a very good pickup for St. Joe's? And they're, I think they're a very under-the-radar team in the A-10. Uh, what do you think about those two statements?
0: Yeah, um, they've been struggling in the past couple of years. Uh, yeah, they, they have a star in Ryan Daly. He's definitely an all-conference player uh, for sure. And just this waiver makes them a, a bit more dangerous and adds another weapon to those, this team.
1: Yeah, uh, Bishop's probably going to be a starter for this team now that he's eligible to play. So who knows? St. Joe's is a very, very, very underrated team in the A10, and obviously we'll talk about the A10 in two episodes from now. So uh, excited to cover that one. And St. Joe's, you never know. Obviously, the race between the top three teams is still very close. But St. Joe's, I think they're in that three to ten mix that we talked about uh, a couple weeks back now. But uh, St. Joe's is probably emerging into that three to ten mix now for the Mm A10. And
0: the biggest waivers of the mall, Kentucky's Jacob Toppin and Oliver Saar have received waivers to play for the 2020 season. Toppin transferred from URI, the brother Dayton star, OB Toppin, of course, and Oliver Saar transferred from Wake Forest. He was named an, an all-ACC player. Toppin averaged five points and four rebounds in 18.5 minutes this past season, while Saar averaged 14 points and nine rebounds along with one block this season for Wake Forest. Toppin with three years left of eligibility and SAR with just one. Um, two huge waivers, clearly, for Kentucky. Is Kentucky now a top-ten team with these waivers?
1: Yes, I definitely think they are now. Uh, this is a, these are two very, very, very big waivers, and these are the biggest waivers of all college basketball right now, I think, especially with SAR. I mean, SAR is now going to be that starting center on that Kentucky team, something they didn't know if they were going to have or not. But now they know they're actually going to have that. So uh, that's just very good news for them. And Jacob Toppin will probably be a role player on this Kentucky team, but his presence is still going to be a very big one. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I don't know if they're a top-10 team. I, don't, I think they are a top-10 team, but they're towards that uh, lower half of the top-10. But uh, they're definitely a top-10 team now in my eyes. So definitely a lot of shifting out of top-25s now, but I definitely would put Kentucky uh, in the near bottom of my top-10 now.
0: Yeah, uh, I expect another top 25 soon. There's actually been a lot of a lot of stuff now, especially what, what happened in Richmond last episode and now Kentucky. Um, there's definitely going to be a top 25 soon. And, yeah, I, I feel like they could make the jump into the top 10. You guys
1: would just have to see our next top 25. Yeah, and, I mean, stuff happens. I mean, we thought it was going to stay the same, but – Stuff happens day in and day out. So, uh, yeah, we will definitely make another top 25 relatively soon. But uh, without further ado, let's kick things off with the main topic of today, the West Coast Conference preview. Uh, This one's going to be a very exciting one to cover. Obviously, a lot of changes in this conference from all these teams and a lot of new transfers, a lot of new phases into this conference. So I'm excited to talk about this one today. Uh, There are 10 teams in this conference, not that big, but not that small. But uh, obviously, you know how it goes by now. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we do the Player of the Year, Dark Horse, and then we rank the teams from today, ten all the way to number one. So, without further ado, who is your Player of the Year? Yes, I have Kobe
0: Ross of Pepperdine here. Kobe Ross, he's been an All-Conference player for the past two years, and this year coming into his senior year, tested the draft waters, got lots of information, and now he's back for his senior year. I feel like he'll be even more dominant this season. And last year, his stats were nice, 20 and a half points, four and a half rebounds, and seven assists last year. And I feel like he's just going to improve on those numbers and
1: he's going to be player of the year. Yeah, I definitely have Kobe Ross as my player of the year as well. A lot of candidates actually left. I mean, we thought a couple other guys could be that player of the year, but they're actually gone now from the, from the conference. So that just moves Kobe Ross into a better position to win that player of the year this year. Uh, runner up I have this might be a very bold take here but I got Matt Harms here from BYU uh, obviously a newcomer to the West Coast Conference Purdue grad transfer Matt Harms I think he should make an immediate impact for this BYU team he only averaged nine points a game four and a half rebounds and two blocks a game 21 minutes per game this season but I, I definitely expect him to play a lot more than 21 minutes a game and his final season of college basketball probably so uh he's one of the top options on BYU now and I think he's just a very explosive player I mean his frame is like seven two, and he can shoot threes and stuff like that. It's like a Porzingis type player, so uh, I definitely think he will do a lot of good things in his first year at the West Coast Conference. So that's why Matt Harms is my runner-up. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Dark Horse. I have Pepperdine here. Obviously, I talked about Ross about uh, he's clearly our Player of the Year, and his backcourt partner Edwards. They they're probably one of the they 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 are the most dangerous backcourt in. In the West Coast Conference, uh, even more than Gonzaga's backcourt, in my opinion, they'll single-handedly win games, get them into games. And although the guys outside of them, they remain a mystery, if they can be at least serviceable around this duo, uh, the West Coast Conference, you know, they bring multiple teams every year. I think this team could be a la- at-large team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited to see uh, what that backcourt can do. Pepperdine, in my eyes, they're they're not really a dark horse. I think they're expected to make that jump this year. So they're definitely a very high-tier dark horse. Uh, I do have a very interesting dark horse here. I have San Francisco here. Uh, This team's been a very underrated team in the West Coast Conference, obviously outshined by the usual top three in Gonzaga, BYU, and St. Mary's. Uh, This San Francisco team finished fifth in the conference last year, which is pretty good based on the competition in this conference. They do lose uh, four other top six, which definitely hurts. But they do bring back two, two of the top three options on this team, and Buya and Shabazz. And uh, they're both returning, so I think it all depends on the role players on this San Francisco roster. I definitely think they have a chance to have these role players fill out uh, alongside Buya and Shabazz. But uh, it's just a, a waiting game here and time and, and time and see and who can actually fill these roles for San Francisco. And if they can figure that out, I think there will be another top-half finish once again. Maybe even a little bit higher if that chemistry can balance out very well.
0: Yeah, San Francisco, they've they've been one of the more consistent teams in this West Coast Conference. They're perennial, above 500 team every year. So they definitely bring a a very good competition to this conference. Um, Number 10. What?
1: The moment you've been waiting for.
0: Yeah. um, Our actual rankings now. Uh, Number 10, we both have an agreement here, and that agreement is Portland. Um, This team – They've won one conference game in the past two years. They lose five guys from last year. And not to mention, they have brought in zero recruits. This team is struggling in all aspects of college basketball.
1: Yeah, I got to agree with you here. Portland at number 10. This is a pretty easy decision. Uh, This team's been in a rebuild, and they're going to remain in that rebuild for a couple more years now. Unfortunately, this one's been a very long one. Uh, They've been a bottom five team for the past 10 years. Uh, yes, they finished third in the conference the last time they finished in the top half they finished third in the conference in the 2009 2010 season where they only had eight teams in the conference and they finished third in the conference. So uh, that just describes that uh, resume for Portland these past this past decade has been a very good one. And I think it will remain that way uh, for at least a couple more years until they can actually get some recruits in there and transfers. But uh, as of right now, I think this team still definitely the worst team in the West Coast Conference. Mm-hmm. Number
0: nine, I have Santa Clara here. Uh, Santa Clara, they finished eighth last year. They lose their top two players in Trey Ruenes and Taj Eddy to the transfer portal. Um, they do return Van Crick, but the depth isn't there for this team
1: to finish in the top half. Yeah, uh, I do have a change there. I have Santa Clara a little bit higher than you, so I'll talk about them later. Uh, I do Pacific here at number nine. Obviously, this is a very tough sight to see Pacific so low this year. The expectations last season, they were tremendous. I mean, they're one of the teams we had that over-exceeded our expectations. If you want to watch that episode, you're going to have to go way back into the files because that's one of the first ones we've ever did uh, for this podcast. But, uh, yeah, this specific team does lose three stars, including their top option, Tripp. Uh, but they do uh, – also, they do not bring back a double digit score on this team. They do bring in, however, or Shad uh, from Kansas State. Uh, He might be the new top option on this Pacific team, but regardless, I think it will be a pretty disappointing season. And just seeing Pacific down this low, it hurts my eyes because they were just so good last year, and they just lost out on so much from this past season.
0: Yeah, um, I have them one spot above you at number eight. Uh, What a year this was for this team in 2019. They shattered their expectations and ended with that heartbreaking loss in the conference tournament. Uh, I watched that game. I could feel that emotion through my TV and I, I almost wanted to cry myself. Um, they lose their top two guys who, who Damon Stunemeyer has built around and they do bring in some transfers, but clearly it won't be a smooth season for them. But if, if anyone can rebuild in
1: this program, it's coach Damon Stunemeyer. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I hope to see Pacific back up in the top uh, a couple of years from now. I think this year is not going to be the best for them, but who knows, two years from now, could be a different story, and this team could have another miracle run like they did this past season. Uh, speaking of transfers, I have San Diego at number eight. This team is a very sneaky one in the West Coast Conference, if you ask me. They do lose two starters, but like, like you said, they return a ton. I, sorry, they bring in a ton of transfers. And uh, I think those transfers are led by BC transfer Chris Aaron Jr., a guy we got the privilege to watch a couple games when he was playing at BC. But uh, they do return their top option in Calqueta. Calcaterra, I think that's how you say it. And uh, they do bring in, like I said, a lot of very underrated transfers. So uh, I think the San Francisco, uh, San Diego team uh, will be a bottom three finish for now. But in a couple of years, I think this team could be a pretty decent one in the West Coast Conference.
0: Mm-hmm. I have them one spot above you at number seven. Like you said, they have one of the most underrated transfer portals coming in. And they look to definitely improve on their past two seasons. They also return most of the quarterback in addition to those transfers, and they can definitely be in the top half a couple years from now.
1: Yeah, my number seven team is a team we have not talked about today, Loyola Marymount. Uh, I think this team is definitely a team that could be easily forgotten in the West Coast Conference. Uh, they do bring back another very decent squad once again. This team usually finishes in the middle of the pack, and I think this year will be the same. Uh, obviously led by former Chino Hills guard and teammate of the Ball Boys, uh, Eli Scott. Uh, alongside Scott, the role players are heavily needed there for that little Marymount team. And they're going to need some guys who emerge as the second and third scores alongside Scott. If the, if this team wants to finish, uh, at, at, not, like, in the middle of the pack, if they want to finish in the top four. So uh, I think they will remain in the middle of the pack, like I said earlier. But uh, you never know if they can get some more scores besides Scott. They could move up a couple spots. But as of right now, I think they're going to sit here at number seven for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I have them one spot above you once again at number six. Um, this, is Co- this is Coach Stan Johnson's first year as a head coach for this Loyola Marymount team. He came from Marquette. Um, he has a pretty solid team, obviously, like you mentioned, Eli Scott. I, I believe he is a player of the year candidate. And th- this program only loses two guys. I-, I believe this program is on the rise and should be a perennial
1: top half team in the future. Yeah, and uh, my number six, I have Santa Clara here at number six. This is very high in comparison to your rank for them. I think this team's a very underappreciated team in the West Coast Conference. Uh, they did have a middle-of-the-pack finish this past season. Obviously, they do lose out in Wentz and Eady, but they do return their top option in Vancouver as well as Mitchell. So uh, those two guys are definitely eligible to score the ball. And uh, who, they, who else they got coming back? Uh, they got Caruso. They got Adam Caruso's brother. Uh, so he's definitely going to see a sc- uh, boost in the scoring production there, and a couple other guys will definitely see that as well. So to be honest, I think the Santa Clara team will be an all right team in the West Coast Conference this year. So that's why I got them at number six. You just said Adam Caruso. Sorry, I meant Alex Caruso. I can't, I can't disrespect the goat like that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Alex Caruso.
0: <laughs> all right, approaching our top half at number five, I have San Francisco here. Um, this is another program that's on the rise. They were a tough out for every team last year. And they took Gonzaga to to every game to the final minute. Um, the Charles Midland transfer, he, he went to Louisville. That hurt them badly. That was very unexpected for them. And along with the two other starters graduating, um, this team, they still have a lot of talent returning from last year's team. And they have one of the brightest young coaches in Todd Golden, who is only 35 years old.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going to talk about them in a minute. we got a flip-flop here. My number five is St. Mary's. Yes, this might be very low for St. Mary's in recent past, but uh, this team's just always been a very talented one with Jordan Ford. Uh, and It seems like Jordan Ford's been in college basketball forever. It's, it seems like it doesn't age at all, but uh, however, unfortunately, he is finally gone from college basketball in St. Mary's, and they also do lose their second option in Fitz as well. So uh, the loss of scoring here, I think it will definitely hurt this St. Mary's team. I think it will definitely show this year. So, uh, believe it or not, I have St. Mary's outside of my top three. Uh, They haven't been outside the top three in a couple years now. But uh, I think number five is going to be around where they finished this year. I don't see them being in the top three this year. Like I said, first time in a while. But I just think that's how it's going to be this year.
0: Yeah, I also do not have St. Mary's in my top three. I have the one spot above you at number four. Um, Obviously, they've been in the thick of the West Coast Conference race for as long as I can remember. But with Jordan Ford and Malik Fitz, his, the second option gone, <clears throat> there's just too much to replace here. And they still are a top-tier team in the conference, but I just believe the teams above them are a lot more experienced. And, yeah, and last year was definitely their year as well. They were going to be a 8-9-10 seed, and they could have had a little upset going.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got my dark horse, San Francisco. Here, uh, this team I think is gonna be a very interesting one for this upcoming season. Uh, like you said, they had a, they had a very close game against Gonzaga this past year, and uh, I think they're just gonna be a pretty solid team once again this this upcoming season. Like you said, Coach Todd Golden, he's only thirty five years old, so he's one of the he's like a relatively young coach in comparison to this conference. So uh, he's a very good one, and I think he has a lot more to learn. So uh, I think the San Francisco team can be a very good one in the future, and especially this year. I think this year is just going to mark how good they can be in the future. So uh, that's why I got them here in number four. I don't expect this team to be, like like I said earlier, in the top five for the next couple of years. I think this team is just, gonna, is just a very good one for the upcoming season.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, top three, I have Pepperdine here. Obviously, this is my dark horse. I have them as my dark horse because I actually believe they they can give Gonzaga uh, like a good game, maybe steal a game as well. Um, but, yeah, just – that backcourt duo
1: will will carry them yeah uh, i do a pepperdine here at number three as well uh dark horse like i said dark horse label is just not needed here for pepperdine this is definitely their year for the taking and uh they do lose uh, a couple guys one of the guys in particular is cameron edwards but uh they do bring back colby ross and cameron Edwards' brother kessler edwards so uh those two guys are going to be the top two options uh for this pepperdine team this upcoming season And I think this team just has a lot of pieces to be a very successful team. So that's why I got them here in the top three, and I think they should over-exceed their expectations because I don't know if a lot of people actually have Pepperdine and believe in Pepperdine uh, being a top-three team in the West Coast Conference this year.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Number two, I have BYU here. Um, Last year was their year. I had them projected in my Final Four, and this was the team I had the most fun watching and enjoyed the most watching. Just those core guys and T.J. Hall's Yoli Chows, and Jake Tuison, um, and a lot more. They're they're all gone. Sadly, they've been there it seems like forever. Um, and I'll do some some bench guys return, and they add Matt Harden, and some under the radar recruits. Um, they won't touch clearly the number one team in Gonzaga. Um, they still are a tournament team. I feel like they are still they still have a very good shot to be an at large team, but they they won't
1: win the conference. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Uh, This team's still a very talented one, despite, like you said, losing the the five out of their top six for this upcoming season. So uh, the good news is, like you said, the transfers coming in there, Matt Harms from BYU, Brandon Averti from Utah Valley, and a couple other guys as well. So uh, those two guys especially definitely know how to score the ball. So the loss of scoring is not really gone uh, with these two guys coming in. But uh, like you said, last year was definitely BYU's year at the very special core, and uh, they're all gone now. Uh similar situation to Jordan Ford. It seems like these guys have also been in college basketball for forever, but uh, they finally graduated, so hopefully they can do some very good things in their future. Uh, BYU, I think they're still a top-three team once again, but I uh, think the gap is a very big one in comparison to last year. So, uh, I mean, you guys know who the number one team is going to be, so I don't even know if you have to talk about them, but I guess I guess we're going to have to anyways. Yeah, um, clearly it's Gonzaga. There's not really
0: much to say about this team. They win practically every year. um yeah, Philip protrusive left. Uh, everyone is like bugging about that, but they they have a lot of depth. they have a lot of sheer talent. It doesn't really matter. Um, they have drew tammy who who is more than capable of 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 replacing protrusive, and in my opinion, he is my runner up for the player of the Year, and they have Andrew Nemhard coming in the Florida guy, and just there's just so much. Good stuff to talk about this Gonzaga team that
1: I, hate. I I I dislike it. Yeah, I mean, this team really loses a lot when you look at it on paper, but you look at what they're bringing in on paper as well, and you're like, oh, this team's not going to be like that bad. They pretty much regain what they lost. So uh, obviously not to that extent. I mean, Protrusive and Killian Tilly, two very good players, but uh, they bring a lot of very good players in as well. Obviously, like you said with Nemhard. And they do return Ayayi Yai and, like you said, and Tammy. And uh, they also bring in a very good recruiting class led by five-star Jalen Suggs. So uh, I think this Gonzaga team obviously is going to be the number one team once again. And, I mean, a lot of people do have them in their top, like, three for all of college basketball rankings in the top 25. I definitely don't think that's the case still. But uh, they're definitely a top ten team in my eyes still. But uh, it is what it is. We're going to have to see where they rank when the actual AP poll comes out. Wouldn't be surprised if they are a top three team uh, in the nation, but uh, we're not going to agree with that anyways. But we're going to have to see what happens with the West Coast Conference play. And who knows, maybe one of these teams can drop uh, a game uh, on Gonzaga. So we're going to have to wait and see. But, yeah, I think Gonzaga easily, once again, a winner for this West Coast Conference year in year out.
0: Yeah, and they're so good. I didn't even mention the Yai and Suggs. That's just how good they are. And obviously with the with the reduced games, I honestly think – they could r- run their schedule. They could run the table easily with the reduced scheduling.
1: Yeah, I think they definitely could as well. I don't know what their non-conference schedule holds. i uh, are honestly going to find that out relatively soon. But uh, I don't expect it to be that good in, in comparison to who they're playing against. But uh, I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see if they get got any very competitive non-conference games in their schedule. If so, they're probably going to lose that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they probably – We'll win that still because this team's still very talented. But I mean, we say it every single episode. We talk about Gonzaga. Uh, it's just disappointing that they're in a West Coast Conference team uh, conference that's not as competitive. I mean, this Gonzaga team was just very powerful, and it definitely shows based on the past decade. So, if there's a way to go about it uh, differently, uh, I definitely move Gonzaga to like the Pac-12 or something like that—a very high major conference. Don't get me wrong; West Coast Conference still a very competitive conference, but uh. Gonzaga is just overpowerful in this conference.
0: Yeah, definitely. The West Coast Conference, they bring in at least two, even three guys, even three teams every year to the tournament. And so Gonzaga obviously accounts for one, and they're one of the reasons why the West Coast Conference is actually considered one of the top conferences in the nation.
1: Yeah, I mean, technically, based on our tournament preview, conference previews, uh, West Coast Conference was the first one we talked about, but – in retrospect, it also was the last one for the mid-major conferences we were going to talk about. So it kind of balances itself out there. But uh, the real ones, the real ones, quote-unquote, are actually going to begin next episode with the American Conference. That's one we're very excited to talk about. Any, it's, anyone's, it's anyone's ball game besides Memphis probably. But uh, we're going to actually cover that uh, next episode. So I'm very excited to cover that one. A lot of very good teams coming in and a lot of very interesting news these past couple of weeks, uh, depending on some of the teams. So we're definitely going to get into all of that. And I'm just excited to talk about the American conference.
0: Yeah, expected a lot of disagreements and maybe a lot of arguments as well. I'm very excited uh, for that conference. Like we said, it's wide open after probably number
1: three now. So yeah, very excited yeah and i think that concludes the episode for today i mean we do have a top top 25 coming relatively soon like we said earlier this episode so hopefully stay tuned for that one uh, within the next week or so probably but uh yeah we do plan on doing the american next we don't know when we'll fit that top 25 in but if we don't fit it in you know it'll be coming episode 70. we are at 63 right now so uh, things are going slowly but surely and uh with almost a month away Uh, Who knows where we'll be when the uh, actual season begins. Uh, But 100 is coming soon for this episode. So uh, thank you guys always for the support. And, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to get these high major conferences finally after a long awaited time. Yeah, hopefully you guys are excited too. Uh,
0: Obviously, thank you guys for your support. Uh, Please stay safe. Have a nice weekend. And it's always March.
1: It's always March, baby. Thank you guys for watching.